The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. This, this morning I'm going to continue um, preach series. We're looking um, at the whole subject of ident- identity. Who am I? Um, we have sort of introduced the subject a few weeks ago. Um, and it's so important that we have a good understanding of it from a biblical perspective. What does the Bible say about this subject? But I think it's also important that we also understand ourselves. That we have an understanding of how we tick what it is that motivates us, what it is that drives us on, what is it that shapes our responses to things that are going on in our daily lives. And so we're going to look to answer questions like, who am I? Um, What's changed in my identity when I became a Christian? What hasn't? Does this make any difference to my daily life and the challenges that I face? Um, And so over the coming months, that's what we're going to be looking at. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Three out of four times, if you start in Ephesians 1 on Sunday over the next few months, you will be in the right place. That's, that's where we're going to be preaching from. So uh, do that. I want to recommend a book to you as well on this subject. It's called Finding Your Best Identity. It's written by Andrew Bunt. Um, I've read it. I found it incredibly helpful and insightful about where do we look when we're, we're looking to find out who we are. Where do we go for that? Um, and where should we go for that? So um, you can buy it on Amazon, or if you wait a couple of weeks, we will have some here to sell, and uh, it will bless you if you read it. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has given us in the one he loves. In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when times reach their fulfilment, to bring, to, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who are the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Lord God, I pray, help me to preach well. Help the rest of us to listen well. I pray, Holy Spirit, you will be powerfully at work in the preaching of your word today, we ask. Amen. We're just going to look at verse 3. In particular, we're going to look at, you have been, if you are in Christ, if you are a Christian, you have been blessed in heavenly realms with 
every spiritual blessing in Christ. And I'm going to look to answer the question, am I blessed or cursed? Am I blessed or cursed? Now, we're deliberately framing these uh, these. these preaches around a question because I believe that as we look at what we have been saved from we will come to enjoy what we have been given even more fully. Now in preparation for this preach I googled cursed just to see what would come up. Not certain I'd always recommend it and do be careful with the words you pick when you do that sort of thing. But lo and behold, what I found when I googled cursed, it came up in in sort of national press, is a picture that has recently been for sale in central St. Leonard's. Would you believe it? So if we can put the picture up, please. The story goes that this picture has been for sale in central St. Leonard's and has been sold twice recently. And twice it has been returned because it has a creepy aura about it and the eyes have followed the person across the room and the Telegraph and the Daily Mail are asking the question, is this picture cursed? In actual fact, the person who returned it the last time said, This picture has a creepy aura and I never want to see that beep, beep, beep picture again. (laughs) Is it cursed? At its most basic, to curse is to invoke harm or injury on someone. It's to wish it. It's to, I want harm, I want injury for you. Now, for some here, you may view curses as merely superstitious. They, they, don't, they don't really have any power. But the truth is, actually, we know that words have an awful lot of power. I would have thought most of us in this room can remember things that were said about us that were harmful, that were negative, And if we're honest, they they may even have become part of us. You'll never amount to anything. You're evil. You're stupid. You're clumsy. You're dirty. And although this may, you may not call this thing a curse, it, it can cause massive harm or injury. I wonder, and it is in the worship, I wonder if some of you have even cursed yourselves. You have declared things over yourself, negative things, and you are living in the bad of it now. It's it's affected you. But for others, curses can be much more direct than that. And there is a real fear of being cursed. Because it comes from the occult, it the occult, it comes from the demonic. These curses can devastate individuals and families. They can bring illness, infertility. They can cause death. They can cause financial ruin. I was talking to someone this week from a different culture who said, no, no, no. I know of stories of people who have been cursed and harm has come to them. People can be really gripped with fear. 
And this is really serious and we will come back to it at the end because we don't have to. If you're a Christian, you don't have to live under that stuff. You have the authority in Christ to get free from it and we will do something practical at the end of that, end of this. But the Bible talks about another curse which is even more devastating for people. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 3 and we read about a curse there that rests on all people. It doesn't matter your nationality, your gender, your work ethic, your bank account or your education. The Bible says that all people are born under a curse. And this is what it says. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Human beings, and I I shared this a few weeks ago, as human beings, we are image bearers of God. We are like little mirrors that reflect something of the glory of God. But we have been defaced. We have been polluted by sin. As part of God's big plan of restoration, He has revealed in the law, He has revealed what is right, what is true, what is life-giving. And in this Galatians passage, it talks about works of the law. And the law actually can be summarised quite simply. It says, love God with all your heart and love other people as much as you love yourself. That's what the law says. But the truth is, as human beings, we can't do that. We can never fulfil God's right, true life-giving law on our own we fall short we don't have the power for it I mean put your hand up you know if you know well no don't put your hand up I'll put my hand up I I know I cannot love God with all my heart I know I don't I'm far too selfish for that I know I can't love other people as much as I love myself because I'm far too selfish and preoccupied with myself to give the same attention to other people We we can't do it. We fall short. In actual fact, the law doesn't give us a way to connect with God. It points out the fact that we cannot do it. However hard we try, we cannot make it to God that way. The law shows in actual fact how much human beings in their natural state are defaced and polluted by sin. And the Galatians passage we've just read says it doesn't, that's not as bad as it gets. It gets worse than that. You are looking. But, well, you've read the passage, you know it it gets better. This Galatians passage says here, if we rely on our own works of goodness, we will miss the mark. And we'll also be under a curse. Hooray! It says, if we rely, if you rely on your own works of goodness, 
you will not only miss the mark, you will not only fall short, but you will be under a curse. If you don't perfectly fulfill this right, true, life-giving law, then you're a lawbreaker and you're under a curse. The curse of the law is God's curse. God's judgment on humanity as lawbreakers. The curse is the judgment of God, which the law pronounces on lawbreakers and it rests on us. This is not the cruel edict of a tyrant, but right justice of a holy God. This is not an impatient, angry, out of proportion response, but fair justice from a holy God. I am a big fan of justice when it relates to you and not me. Anyone else sort of? Politicians breaking the rule, rules should get caught. What is it? Judge, what is it? Um, 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 judge, jury and executioner. And, and you pick that up, don't you, in the media? If, if, if those we respect break the law. Big business that doesn't pay enough tax should be sorted out. Let's bring it closer to home. People that, that use their mobile phones when driving should get points on their licence. It's dangerous, isn't it? We want justice. There is something within us that wants justice. But the truth is, we're happy for justice for others, but when it gets to us, we'd really like to be let off. I'll be honest, when I see people on their phones in the car, it gets me really cross. But there was a time when I was 18 years old, it was early in the morning, I was driving down through Hastings Town Centre, I was half asleep, I wasn't really paying attention to what I was doing and I drove through uh, an amber to red light. What I didn't realise was 30 seconds before I'd done that, a police car had pulled out just behind me and was right behind me. Couldn't believe it, I went through the amber red light, he went through a red light, how bad is that? (laughs) He didn't see it that way. As we got onto the seafront, he pulled me over and he said, "Um, probably young man, I don't know, something like that. Do you know that you went through a red light? Um, Yes, I did know I went through a red light. And before I could say any more, he said, you probably went through the red light because you saw that I was behind you and I distracted you. Yes, something like that. (laughs) I hadn't, I'd just been half asleep. I didn't even know he was there. And he let me off with a warning. Mercy. Mercy. But the person on their mobile phone, judge, jury, executioner. In our hearts, we know justice is right. What we fight is when the justice comes to us. It is so easy to be self-righteous. Even that reveals the depths of the sin within us. All human beings are under the curse of the law, the judgment of God, and deserve nothing but 
nothing but judgment when we give a final account before him for how we've lived. This is what the Bible says. And this is a horrendous predicament for human beings. But from a hopeless predicament, we find within these verses hope. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. When it talks about being hung on a pole, or in your Bible it may say hung on a tree, that's talking about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sin. The cross of Jesus Christ is essential for our salvation. It is the only way that we can be restored back to a relationship with God. Our sin is so bad, it cannot be swept under a carpet. It must be paid for. It must be paid for. And Jesus Christ and Him crucified is the only channel for our salvation. For us to be brought out of slavery to the curse of the law, we need a rescuer. And God made Jesus the cursed one that I might go free. That's what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. He became a curse in my place so that I wouldn't have to carry judgment for sin. I should have carried it. You should have carried the judgment, the curse for your sin But if you are in Christ, Christ carries it on your behalf. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Jesus took our curse. We get his blessing. By the way, we have transferred from bad news to good news. Jesus took our curse so that we get his blessing. We become an object of favour. We get all the benefits that are credited to Jesus. That's why in Ephesians 1 it can say, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The only reason that that can take place is because the curse that was due to you has been carried by Jesus Christ in order the blessings that were His might be given to you. That is very good news. That is very good news. I am hidden in Christ. I am blessed. You are hidden in Christ. You are hidden in Christ. I think it's the wall. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But it does mean next week it's going to be minus five. Okay. You are hidden in Christ. So. So. I am hidden in Christ, so I am blessed. What are you? Are you cursed or? Blessed. Why are you blessed? He has taken your curse for you. So you're sat here. I once was cursed, but I'm not anymore. 
I am blessed. This is my position. This cannot change. It wasn't earned. The law cannot be satisfied by your good works, by your effort. It is only satisfied in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus became a curse for me in order that I might get all the blessings owed to him. I am loved, forgiven, chosen, adopted. I am empowered. I am accepted. Rejection was part of the curse. Acceptance is part of the blessing. Being unloved is part of the curse. Being loved is part of the blessing. Judgment is part of the curse. Forgiveness is part of the blessing. That is where I sit right now. And if I trip up off the stage, have a heart attack and die, I'm not planning on it. I will go to be with Jesus, accepted, loved, chosen, adopted. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, a brilliant preacher from a while ago. When am I to enjoy all these great and rich and wonderful blessings? The answer is, The answer is, he gives us here a foretaste of something which is to come. The first instalment of a great inheritance. We receive much here and now, but the things we are enjoying now are but the beginning. The shadow gets even better when we go to be with him in glory or he comes to take his bride. We have been wonderfully wonderfully enriched. Now I'm going to go right the way back to where we started because I spoke about curses, didn't I, at the beginning that have been spoken over us. So what we're going to do is we're going to deal with curses, firstly curses that have been spoken over us. Then we're going to repent if we realise that we have cursed other people. So you may suddenly think something might pop into your head right now When I said that to so-and-so, I cursed them. When I said they were useless, when I lost my temper and screamed at someone, you you need to repent of that. And then lastly, what we're going to do is we're going to worship and glorify the one who has broken the curse and has blessed us so much. So you up for that? Cool. Excellent. We don't do much of this, but we're going to probably do some more, I reckon, over time. Why don't we stand? Can I invite the band to come back up? That would be absolutely brilliant. Can we put up the prayer, the first prayer? So, I'm going to give you 30 seconds just to think about this. Are you living, do you know that someone... If you know that someone has cursed you and you haven't dealt with it. So they may have done, but you've dealt with it historically. Don't worry, it's dealt with, it's done. But if someone has cursed you in some way, and it could just be a statement that someone, often it's someone in authority has spoken over to you, 
or someone that's dear to you has spoken over you and it, and it is, you, you'd have to say if you're honest, it's part of you. We are going to declare this together. Whether it's relevant for you or not, we're all going to speak it out anyway so there's, you're not on your own with it. We're going to speak it out together and we are going to get free from it. So I'll quickly read it so you know what you're reading. It's always good for you to uh, know what you're going to read before you declare it out. So I declare that every curse placed on me, and then in those dot, 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 doesn't give you much space, but whatever it was that was said about you or over you, was broken when Christ became a curse for me by dying on the cross. I reject every way in which Satan may claim ownership of me. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ who purchased me with his own precious blood. Part two. I declare myself to be fully and eternally signed over and committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, having submitted to God, I now by his authority resist the devil and I command every spiritual enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave my presence. Amen. Got it? Does that make sense? Excellent. What I'd love us to do, whether there's something specific you want to put in the dot, dot, dot or not, is we're all going to pray it out nice and loud. You up for that? Excellent. Back to part one. So, I declare that every curse placed on me... Pause. Now, just under your breath, name whatever that might be, whatever situation that would be. Try and get it a little bit verbal. Try and get a little bit out there, spoken. And then we'll go back and we'll carry on praying. Was broken when Christ became a curse for me by dying on the cross. I reject every way in which Satan may claim ownership of me. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ who purchased me with his own precious blood. I declare myself to be fully and eternally signed over and committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, having submitted to God, I now by his authority resist the devil and I command every spiritual enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave my presence. Amen. This, this prayer will be on the Life App Notes. So if you want a copy of it, you can find it there if you want to pray it on your own. Next slide, please, Hannah. So this is a prayer of repentance. So if you know that you have either directly, I mean, that's quite full on to have cursed someone, but if you know that you have spoken words over someone that have caused harm, and again, you haven't confessed it before God before, this is an opportunity to do it. This is what you would pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I cursed or spoke bad, you know, spoke words and you put in their name. When I said, and you list out what it was that you did, I know that it has caused them pain. Thank you, Father, that you've forgiven my sin in Christ and I receive your forgiveness. Amen. Does that make sense? I'll give you just a few moments. If you want to pray this, why don't you just pray that on your own right now?
This may have stirred up stuff that you want to talk about. So if, if you do, you can talk to Joe and Janair, talk to Paul and Ros, um, head that way, and they will be happy to chat more fully with you about those things.